Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast, presented by FlickeringMyth.com. I'm your host, Court Dunn. Join us as we talk to writers about their work, their process, and what it means to be a writer. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash writer experience. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Writer Experience Podcast. Today's guests are Smith Henderson and John Mark Smith. Smith Henderson is the author of Fourth of July Creek, lives in Montana. John Mark Smith lives in San Marcos, Texas, and teaches English at Texas State University. Together, they are co-authors and friends going back 20 years. Their new novel, Make Them Cry, is on sale September 22nd. Smith and John Mark originally conceived the story for Make Them Cry as a screenplay while on ecstasy at Tim O'Brien's wedding, but thankfully found that it worked better as a novel. And their writing styles and research perfectly complemented one another. I also have a quote. Make Them Cry is one of those rare novels that is both artistically principled and marvelously fun to read, a combination of elegant, painstaking craftsmanship and suspenseful entertainment. If that were not enough, it is also a book that reaches into the reader's heart. It is not often that I can say, as I do now, I loved this novel. That's a quote by Tim O'Brien. Smith and John Mark, I know that was a long bio. Thanks for listening to me read for a while. We're excited to have you on the show. How's it going? Great, Good. great. Thanks for having us. My first question is always, where are you in the world right now? So I would love to know, even though I mentioned it briefly in the bio, Montana and Texas, but walk us through kind of how you guys landed there and you're obviously working together remote, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been like the last oh, last few years, I, I was living in Los Angeles actually, and I just got out of LA like <laughs> right before the pandemic hit. But before that, you know, going back, gosh, 20 years, John Mark and I met in Texas when um, I was living down there. And that's kind of where we started kind of collaborating, I guess. And so working remotely now isn't really that strange because we've been doing it for a long time. John, Mark, what about you? What's the story behind Texas? Have you always lived there? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Austin and I've lived in San Marcos for, oh, I don't know. San Marcos is between, it's a little college town on a, on a river between San Antonio and Austin. Uh, and I've lived here for something like 25 years. And Smith and I met when uh, I was in graduate school at Texas State and he audited I think, yeah, audited a class and we, we met each other at like out about town and we just sort of hit it off. We, you know, it took us a long time. I mean, I think we met in 2000 and it took us a while to start really collaborating, but we've been collaborating for, I think, pretty close to 15 years now, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you both always want to be writers? Let's go in reverse in time a little bit. Talk about your origin stories here. Tell us if you always wanted to do this. Yeah, I don't know. It was, um, I remember, I mean, like in middle school, like writing a novel, like I had a homeroom teacher that would let us read stuff or kind of made us do it like the first, first couple of weeks. And I just kept writing this, like almost like a cartoon kind of thing. <laughs> and, and I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to write another chapter. And just, so I just did that every week. And I, so at some, at some point it became pretty evident, like this was, something I really liked doing and was going to pursue eventually. 
then all my, um, this is in, this is in uh, Montana where I grew up. And so there weren't like a whole lot of writing jobs or anything like that, but every gig I had throughout my life had some sort of writing element to it. So, you know, I did freelance journalism and worked for the local independent rag and stuff like that. And then, you know, worked in communications for different companies and stuff like that. And anytime a job involved writing, I just figured it was probably the right, right gig for me to have. And then, yeah, I started writing creatively in Texas. Started taking that seriously. Couldn't get into any grad programs because I kind of sucked and just eventually like took off. Lived in Kentucky for a while. I was getting a master's in English and just drank some whiskey and wrote a lot. And then eventually I got wound up back in Texas. And that's kind of when John Mark and I started really working together because I was going to the Missioner program, creative writing. And we took his novel that he wrote in grad school and adapted it for the screen and made like a independent movie out of it down there. So, so that's kind of, kind of how I got going. And then I guess, I guess the only thing I'd add is that, you know, we worked on this, this project for quite a while. John Mark can talk a little bit about that. But after I published my novel, I was like, Oh, we could rather than screw around trying to adapt this for the screen or whatever. Well, maybe the shortest way up the mountain is just to, you know, write a book together. And we've done so much screenwriting by that time that it was like, it didn't seem insane. John, Mark, what about you? What's your origin story, so to speak? Well, I, um, I guess when I think about it, the reason why I wanted to be a writer is because I, I didn't think that anybody would let you just be a reader for the rest of your life. You know, like I, I really, <laughs> um, from the time I was a little kid, I just wanted to spend all my time reading not that i wasn't also interested in creating stories myself but but it was it's just like being surrounded by books and being into books and being in an atmosphere of, of storytelling is really what i always wanted and so i kind of you know I, I figured out that you you can kind of do that if you go and figure out your place in an english department and you can spend you know the time that you don't spend teaching students and grading papers, you can spend it reading books and, and writing. So I really just kind of fell into being a teacher and that allowed me to to spend a lot of my time writing, which is definitely not lucrative for me. And you know, very as we know, very few people are able to actually make their their living writing novels. So I've just like kind of been doing that for a long time, teaching reading, writing. I wrote a, a huge novel that I made Smith read like a thousand pages, which was really cruel of me, but I guess he stuck around <laughs> as a friend even after that. Um, and we, we turned it, we did turn it into, we made it good and turned it into a movie. And then we started writing screenplays together. And then, like he said, once he, when Smith sold his, his book, Fourth of July Creek, we felt like we we sort of had enough juice and that he had a an awesome agent nicole raji and we were able to to like to take that screenplay and, and make it into a book and eventually sell it so i guess that's my origin story more or less and you guys obviously met in person but have been writing together remote for a while how long had you been working together in person versus i'm assuming you've been working remote for a very long time yeah i mean really <laughs> not at all together like, in the same room <laughs> really i mean you know it's kind of like we would we would get together periodically you know when we'd visit and 
we might take a day, you know, as part of the visit, we might be like, let's sit down and put big, you know, giant post-it notes on, on the wall and beat out like the story, you know, or something like that. But it wasn't like we'd sit with like across from each other with a pair of laptops, you know, like trading lines or whatever. Still pretty solitary, the act of it. But what's cool is you always have the opportunity, like with someone who's literally doing the same project with you, you're like, <laughs> I can call and just be like, I'm, I'm just really stuck here or this thing. I'm afraid that our clever idea isn't going to work right here. You know, or how do we, how do we execute this? And it's amazing to have someone who isn't just familiar with the material, like someone who'd be like a close reader and someone you'd hit up, but like actively trying to <laughs> not, not fuck up the thing too, you know? <laughs> and so, so yeah, that's like, so it's pretty like when I, I guess when I'm trying to answer your question, the answer to your question is it's pretty intimate or, you know, um, but we're just not physically, you know, together. We're not physically intimate. It's, it's <laughs> I would add, we've, we've been, I think, I think we've been doing this for something like 14 years, maybe 13. I'm not totally sure about that. And we did like, we, we had, we had had plenty of like engagement with each other at bars or at parties or Tim O'Brien's wedding and where we would like exchange ideas and stories and come up with stuff the way that people do in grad school. But we didn't, we start, we started writing the screenplay that we first, that the, the first thing we did, I, I think it was either 2006 or 2007. And since then, I want to say we've probably only written together in the same place, like probably less than a dozen times, really. I mean, maybe even more like less than 10 times or something. So we did, we've done the vast majority of our work together. First, it was iChat and then FaceTime, but just like, I don't know how many, I mean, thousands of hours and we, it's all been virtual. I just remembered this thing. Do you remember when I got you some, got you hired to help me with the, um, the, the thing at Wyden and Kennedy for Dodge? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we like worked on it. The guy who ran, I was working at, I was working at an ad agency one in the midst of us writing this book, I think was when this happened. And like there were the crazy guy who ran the company wanted to do a, um, <laughs> they said that they were going to make a, that Dodge was going to make a movie about the Dodge brothers and they wanted, <laughs> they wanted <laughs> us to write, they wanted us, they wanted a feature screenplay. Like, and we we're like, you realize like how complicated a film is, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like, yeah, but just right. So I was, I was telling the creative directors I worked with, they're like, I can't, I can't write this by myself. Like I need help, but I know someone who can help me. So we've done, they've done weird stuff like that. Actually. You know, I think about it. Lots um, of weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. With that being said, you know, you guys mentioned that you always kind of worked remote. With quarantine going on, everyone's working remote. When things start to get better for those writers who are based in the same cities, is there value for them to to meet? Or do you think that, you know, let's just always, you know, maybe remote's better? I don't think it's I like to be in a in a room with people, you know, if if you're like working on a TV like TV rooms are really fun, you know, you're like you get to, and no one's writing all day. You're just like talking about 
what the story's going to be and trying to break it, or you're reading, you're giving feedback on a script, you know, you're going line by line. It's a different thing kind of every day. And it's a little bit like the workshop experience. So I, I think it's really, it's, it's important to get together, you know, with other people, but that's a little bit different than just a partnership like this. I mean, we, John Mark and I will talk to each other for hours about other stuff. So we're really good friends. So, you know, I don't feel like we miss much because we do stay in, in close touch quite a bit. But yeah, I suppose it, it just depends on the relationship and the people in it. I'm sure some people find it to be really conducive to be sitting in a room with someone. I, I actually have been like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really want to be in a room when someone else is writing. It makes me feel like I should be writing. And maybe I don't want to write. <laughs> I think the thing that you have to have in order to work virtually is you have to have a lot of trust for the people that are the person that you're working with or the people that you're working with. And I think in general, like that's not always true, you know, that people, people have that kind of trust. Like, you know, Zoom is so weird. It's like when you're talking on it, like it cuts you off when you, when you, you can't like do interjections and all the kinds of things that you sort of normally do in, in a conversation. So you have to, you have to trust that that person is actually listening to you or also that like, you know, if that person is, is going on and on and on that they'll listen to you at some point. So I just think for a lot of people at work, like they're, they're probably not able to have like that kind of level of trust, both in the other people that they're talking to and possibly in themselves. And so I think that makes the dynamics of, online work like really weird because you're not able to you're just not able to read that you can't it's really hard to read the room and to read the the people that you're that you're working with and so for smith and me we just we've done it for so long and neither one of us are going to get offended by the other neither one we don't you know we're not gonna we don't need to impress the other and all the kinds of things that you know, I think if you're able to have like a relationship like that, then I think it's often like it can be great working virtually. You know, it's so it's so much easier. Like if I had to fly to L.A. every time for us to work or him to fly here, that would be, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. So I do think that in general, though, most people are going to be really, really hungry to go back to like just getting the vibes from people in terms of. <laughs> when you're working you just it's it's really hard to pick up on the vibes i think when it's all virtual let's get into the actual process of writing this book as i mentioned in your bio there's a legend so to speak yeah. about tim <laughs> o'brien's wedding and the origin story we talked about your origin stories let's talk about the inception of the idea for make them cry there was apparently ecstasy involved things happened things were said can you just bring us back, paint the picture of what that fateful day looked like. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was more that we conceived of the idea of writing a crime based narrative at Tim O'Brien's wedding. I'm not sure that we had yeah. any of the specific, I don't know if we had the specific idea, although I don't remember. It was a, it was. I don't, I don't know exactly when it was either. The only thing that I remember, the only thing I remember about that is there was a big, big hill in his backyard, and I rolled down it like twenty times, like where I would go to the top and then roll down to the bottom and then go back up to the top and then roll down again. 
and muskrat love was was sung as the <laughs> as the wedding vow song and so that was really really <laughs> awesome it's a uh, those are the things that stand out in my mind yeah it was a gorgeous it was a gorgeous day it was a beautiful location yeah and we did what i mean this wasn't i mean despite the wedding us hanging out and talking about this stuff wasn't uncharacteristic and i knew we were we were i think it was i remember when you had the idea you were like cuz the thing was is we were we were like let's write something with crime stuff in it you know but we've kind of been it's kind of interesting cuz like as time's gone on we've sort of realized that like a lot of literature is crime fiction like even canonical stuff like serious fiction but we were just like let's let's get into the let's get into the like entertaining mucky noir something about gangsters or cartels or what about spies you know we we're just talking about all these different things that we thought were kind of interesting in worlds and i remember we were at what's that what's that bar in austin that's near that that we used to always go to that's near the campus oh um, hole in the wall hole in the wall we're at the hole in the wall out back and i remember you said something like what about <laughs> what about if there's this like guy who sells insurance to criminals <laughs> and i was like i was like i love that and that really was kind of the seed of like the conceit of this book and it just yeah and then it just spooled out over years and years and years tim o'brien so his wedding where where we were like we need to write together we need to write a crime something together i'm not even sure that it was a movie or it was but it was something I do like Tim himself was a really big influence on both of us. Smith wasn't actually in his class, but he knew him from hanging around San Marcos. Yeah. Tim would go out after workshop and just like I think one of the things like Tim is a very he's a very literary guy. You know, he he's read, you know, tons of stuff. He's he's incredibly knowledgeable about literature, but he also has this like he has this part of him that's very it's not I wouldn't call it market oriented, but it's like Writing things that readers want to read is important mm -hmm. for him. And I just remember like how thrilled he was when he got back from going to see George Clooney's Ocean's Eleven. He's like, this movie was so fun. And, and it, you know, it like, I never even thought I was in a movie. I just was watching it and I had such a great time. And I was like, that's the kind of thing like I want people to, that's the feeling that I, I wanted you know, readers or viewers of just the audience to be able to have. And so I think Smith and I were just, just trying to figure out ways to, you know, I don't want to be crass about it and say, make money, although we did want to make money, but we just wanted to like write something that people would want to read. And Tim O'Brien was a big, was a big influence on that. It's to funny because like be liter literary and, and yeah. possibly popular at the same time. I would imagine like a fair number of people who listen to your, your podcast would be like, well, isn't that what, like, aren't you supposed to write stuff that people want to read <laughs> or aren't you supposed to make things that people, but the funny thing is, is like in the, in the sort of, you know, English department, MFA literary world of like, your goal is like to get a story in the New Yorker or whatever. There's this like ethos towards like absolute like authenticity and, individuality and you know pure expression this sort of really romantic notion that like i appreciate like my first book was definitely like i don't know if there's going to be an audience for this i don't really i'm not going to worry myself with that 
I'm just going to write this, the book that I want to want to read. And I hope my enthusiasms translate, you know, to, for others, but you know, we'll just see. This is different. I'm actually more nervous about this book in a way because, because I want, it's, it wants to be loved, <laughs> you know, but it's, 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 was, you know, it's still also at root. It's like, well, I just, it's my, this is, this is our shared enthusiasm. And if you dig it, great. If you don't, you know, it's fine too. So you guys came up with the idea and you were friends. And I feel like there's a lot of writing partners, a lot of writing duos, and there's a lot of friends, I think, who talk about ideas. But what separated this idea? What made you want to commit to this idea and actually start writing this together? It might have just been like, it might just be pure momentum from, I don't know. I feel like, I guess I feel like these, the way these things work is you kind of, if I'm trying to be mindful about what I'm trying to write or I'm thinking about what I should write, like, you know, it's not clear. Usually it feels to me the answer is to write the thing that sort of intimidates you the most. It's sort of scary. Like you're not sure you can pull it off. It's your biggest idea, you know, because like, you know, why, why write small or, you know, avoid things that are, you know, that could be like the most challenging thing for you to, to write. So that was, that was kind of partly the case here. It's like, how can we make this thing come together? You know, it's not like we're old hands at like writing this stuff. And so anyway, the development of the story was like writing screenplays and revisions of screenplays with a manager. And just getting frustrated with the notes and the sort of the development hell of it all. And feeling so liberated every time I sat down to write fiction that I was just... And I love screenplays. I love writing them. But there does come a point where it's like just really dead to you. And people want you to keep like breathing life into it. And so we just, we, we just had, a, we just had a, like a stubbornness around this where it was like, well, hell, dude, we, we could write a book. We've both done that. Let's let's do that instead. And so that's like it was like we. I don't know, you know, to answer your question. I, I don't really know if I, I even remember why we thought it was important to keep working on it. I think it just took on its own. And maybe that's a function of writing with a partner. You know, you don't even question the mission at some point. Yeah, I would. I would. I I agree with all that. I, what I, I would add that I do think like we were having at that point we. I think we had written we had written one screenplay and like we when we started that out we had no idea what we were doing like we had, I think we had like two pages of exposition <laughs> before we even had any dialogue in the screenplay like we just we did not know what we were doing but we had a really hard time coming up with log lines like the one sentence description you know to sell your to sell the idea because you know we were both trained as as fiction writers in it was really, really hard for us to reduce things down to figure out how that like it is important that it's not just a stupid exercise. Like it's really, really important to have a one sentence description. And I think that was like the first one that we ever had that actually seemed like it could be a movie. And so we just, and people liked it. Like once we started pitching it to people, they liked it. And so we just kept on and it just kind of never you know, like maybe I guess like Smith said or alluded to, it's like we we felt like we owed it to each other to keep working. Like we had a lot of failure with this. Like it it went nowhere a bunch of different times and it changed like I don't even have I, I have no idea. It, it we, we went through at least at least like ten iterations of the script itself before we even started messing around with it. Like big time changes, big iterations. 
before we started messing around with it as a novel. So we just kind of, we just kept, kept at it for a long, long time based on finally, after many, many tries coming up with just a sentence that worked that we could actually thought we could sell to people in Hollywood, even though we weren't able to sell it in Hollywood back then. We have a lot of writers on this podcast. Do you like what writers write? Do you like free stuff? Well, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for listeners of the Writer Experience Podcast with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I recently downloaded James Joyce's Ulysses for my commutes into the city, while our producer Harry, who may or may not exist, has been enjoying J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash writerexperience. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash writerexperience for your free audiobook. What's your favorite film of all time? It might be a sophisticated classic, a childhood favorite, or an enjoyable pile of trash you just can't help but watch over and over again. The Pick of the Flicks podcast, hosted by me, Tom Beasley, is all about celebrating people's favorite movies in whatever form they take. Each week, I interview a different guest about their chosen favourite, whether I agree with their choice or think they're as mad as one of Tom Hardy's accents. So tune in to Pick of the Flicks every week on the Flickering Myth Podcast Network and subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Maybe your favourite film will be next. Hi, I'm George. And I'm Sam. And we're from the That's a Classic podcast on the Flickering Myth Network. We both bring three films each from a certain genre and we battle it out to find out which is the ultimate classic. So you can listen to us on Flickr and Myth, iTunes or Spotify. Check out what classic we choose every week. And what did the actual back and forth process look like of writing? Are you guys the kind of writers who write together or do you just mostly go over the high level stuff and then separate for a week and then regroup? We kind of like one of us forges ahead, does like, does some sort of groundbreaking on the new, the next chapter, writes something pretty drafty that is just getting it down. Like, is this going to work when we make like everything better? And then the other one is usually like just kicking back and having a beer. Just kidding. <laughs> the, other one, the, the other one is like fixing whatever needs to be fixed and the thing we've already drafted, you know? And at numerous points during this, we have to, we have to call time out and, talk through one thing or another sometimes it's like really it doesn't seem like it's such a big deal but you realize like oh if if she says this here we thought that was so clever but we're we want to hold that that idea back here you know um sometimes you have to like put on your reader hat with someone and be like okay what are you getting out of this like if you're approaching it you know without all the like all the knowledge we have around it or sometimes it's but a lot of times it's just like What's funny is like I I prefer revision, and even more than that, I prefer just bullshitting and talking about whatever we're working on, and like generating new pages is the least. And so I feel like I don't know. John Mark seems to be pretty intrepid about just getting in there and writing the drafty first thing, and it's like such a pleasure to like jump on it and go and fix it up. I think that's probably the part that I get the most out of. So we, I think we have different emphases, maybe, but I mean, we have to all, you know, the work has to get done. So everybody has to do the dishes, you know? Yeah. I mean, we probably do. I probably prefer getting it down and you probably prefer revising it. Although I don't really think that's exactly how it breaks 
up in terms of the workload exactly. I mean, I, I would suspect that if we really looked at it, I, I bet that we probably do both those things equally, more or less, even though we, we have our preferences. But basically, we when we start off like from the very beginning, and we, we've started this over multiple times, so we've done this a lot, we do try to do our very best to beat the whole thing out where we have like a fairly detailed outline of the entire thing before we start the chapters. And we don't really, we don't assign chapters. They really have to do with like, it really has to do with time. It's always like Mm -hmm. who can do this now based on like what's going on in their day job, really. And so it just is kind of a lot of catch as catch can. And we're just kind of doing stuff back and forth. And for me, one of the the best part, the absolute best part of it is forgetting what I wrote and not knowing who wrote what is just (laughs) like, that's when it really, that's when you know that it's working well, because you yourself can't tell. I mean, like sometimes we've been like, this is stupid. Why is this here? And like, (laughs) say, well, you wrote it. (laughs) And no, I didn't write this. You wrote this. And we don't even know. And that's really, that's really great. I think that that's like when you, when you know the project is working or when the, when the pages are working well is when, is when we can't even tell. Love that. You kind of went through the workload, so to speak, the back and forth. What about dialogue versus description? Would you say one of you tends to focus more on the dialogue and one of you is more a description person? Or would you say you're 50% equal on both of those? Interesting. I don't know. What do you think, John Mark? I think we're pretty even. I, I mean, I just, I think that, I do think that Smith prefers if there's something down on the page and it's probably a little bit easier for me, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, now that I say it, I'm not sure if it's actually true, but it feels true that it's like a little bit easier for me to face the blank page. And it's probably a little bit easier for him to dive into a page that has something on it, even if it's like absolute shit. And sometimes it is, you know, like the draft can be like total shit. And I think it's easier for him to mess with it. That's just my general feeling. Like I said, I'm not even sure if that would actually be the way it really is. I don't really. Sometimes I will say this. I think sometimes we do. One of us has a better take on a voice of a character than the other. Like, so I wouldn't say that it has anything to do with like dialogue in general, but I do think that like one of us will feel closer to like have a better read on a character than the other. And so we will tend to like calibrate the writing and the POV to like that person's kind of knowledge or that person's, that person's understanding of the character. And I think that's worked out really well for us. Yeah. Yeah. The sort of divisions of labor don't cleave along lines of dialogue and description. A lot of it's like, I feel like, what I try to bring to it is like a really tough, like, it does this word need to be here, like everywhere, just really savage, like, so that one of the, like one way is this sort of manifests is like, we'll, we'll talk a lot about why I'm hating like this bit of exposition. And I'm like, it's just because it's just telling me what this person thinks. And I, I just can't, I can't abide that. I don't like reading that stuff. It feels really amateurish to me. What I want on the page is the experience of thinking. Like, so you, you see how a person arrives at a decision through like the things they're thinking, which are like, which might be 
that they have a headache and this room smells like something they remember from a bad experience. And so they pull the trigger, you know, <laughs> like, and it's very human and you're like, oh yeah, right. Rather than, you know, they were just mad at this person and decided, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, shoot them and just say it like that, you know? So I'm always trying to look for ways that the dialogue and the description can evoke the, the properly the mental states of the person and the mysteries of like human behavior, <laughs> right? So that the thing is a little bit richer than like, oh, snappy dialogue and great action and, you know, beautiful descriptive language, which are all also very important. You mentioned the outlining process. Obviously, plotting and plot is very important, but there are writers who are, some are more character focused than, say, plotting. Would you say you guys are more of focus on the plot first and figure out the characters later? Or do you put a significant amount of work into the character first and then kind of see where they go? I would say we're pretty classically Aristotelian in the way that we think that there is no way to separate, at least in these kind of narratives, the kind of narratives that we're we're doing plot and character, that they're inherently intertwined. So we do, you know, when we're outlining, we're coming up with like the beats for the plot, but it also, those have to do, they have to do directly with like the decisions and the pressures of character and really of POV too. So it's all part of the same kind of, we all think about that on like, a, we, when we're doing that, we're thinking about both those things on a really broad scale and they change a lot over time but they're they're intertwined when we're when we're beating it out for sure yeah i think you know so many different things i've i've learned about this from you know from teachers and from you know there's a gazillion books out there about how to tackle this stuff and you know probably like the most compelling thing i heard about how to tackle this stuff is that you really the truth is you really don't know how it works you just know what it is it's like when you're reading a when you read something you love and you're like how the hell do they do that you you could tear it apart and kind of kind of maybe figure out the mechanics of it but on some level it just kind of whispers to you and it's like yeah this story ends right here you know this is the beat and the only explanation i, I have for it is that you've just it just comes from having read other things you just learn from reading and it's like a i don't know that you get it to where you can explain it, but you just sort of know it when you experience it, that it works, you know? And it's a really cool feeling when it's something you or your partner has written and you're like, holy shit, this, I think this works, you know? They're never totally sure. And I think we're always looking for like some sort of engineering advice. You know, how, what do I, how do I, where should I focus? How does this work? And all that stuff is really useful to get getting going, but I still insist on the fact that it's, it's a real mystery actually. <laughs> you guys mentioned writing screenplays earlier. There is a main difference, I would say, <laughs> is that when you write a script that you can't write thought, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to describe you know, what mm -hmm. you see, as opposed to a novel where there's so much room to write paragraphs upon paragraphs if you want about what characters are thinking. So can you walk us through the pros and cons and challenges to those mediums? Well, the one thing I would say right off the bat is one of our, our mentors, um, Stephen Harrigan, a writer and historian and screenwriter, novelist that, you know, we worked with on our film and was an instructor of mine in Texas, was really on the first day of the screenwriting class, he wrote on the on the board like the script is not the thing. 
And he was like, you have to really, a lot of you are novelists or fiction writers and you have to really get yourself comfortable with the idea that like, this isn't the finished product and, and people are going to treat it like that. You know, it's just a, it's just like a, it's a note, you know, it's a recipe. And so that's one of the, that's one of the, to me, the big difference is how you think about it. Because you put ever you put as much energy and effort into writing, and maybe more in a way, because you have to convey all that interiority without, you know, saying what they're thinking. So it's it's even in a lot of ways it's harder, and it's a living document that people are going to continually ask for you to change until the thing is in the can, you know. So, so to me, that's like that's the first thing. It's just a really different spiritual experience. <laughs> Yeah, I would add that at least with a novel, there's the possibility that people will be happy with it, <laughs> whereas no one is ever happy with a screenplay. So, like, I say that with the notion of that, that that's because the nature of screenplays is the nature of screenplays. That is that they're rhetorical documents. You know, you're, you're trying to talk someone into, like, spending a lot of money on this thing. And of course, they want to be involved. Of course, they have notes. I mean, it's their investment of time or money or whatever. So I just think like, whereas novels are, I think, their art. They, that's what I, I think that's what Harrigan meant when he said the screenplay is not the thing because no one wants it as the end product. It's never an end product. So whereas novels are, are a product, they're a piece of art that someone, you know, that someone reads and then that's they've like completed the loop. You never complete a loop when you read a screenplay. It's yeah. supposed to lead to something else. I feel like we do a lot of like shit talking, like the process of like, you know, of developing screenplays and stuff. But I'd have to say like, if I really did the math on it, at least half the time and many, many times late in the process, I've gotten a note. I mean, just recently I got a note on a script where they're bringing in this director and he's like, I love this thing. I have this one idea and it, really changes the story foundationally almost i mean it's really a big note but then he's like but look it doesn't really involve a lot of changes it just really changes the understanding of the story a little bit or a lot and i was humbled by because i was like this is done you know this is perfect this is as good as it can be and then this like young director rolls in and he's like what if this and you're just like holy shit so that's the other thing that's really cool about screenwriting. It's it's you you can get your you can get really surprised. It's still a living thing, you know. People when you've written it and you've put everything into it, and then other people start playing with it, and that can be a little disconcerting because to you it's it's like I'm done. I work you know I worked I rewrote all of this so many times, and for somebody else they're like excited and they're coming at it with like you know ideas and they're just like thrilled. And it, you have to if you can orient your mind to like delight in that <laughs> it can be really it can be a lot of fun yeah and it's taught i agree with all that and it, it's taught me so much about like it's just made me a lot less prickly in terms <laughs> of the note-taking process you know yeah. and like people's opinions and notes and i just think that like there is something like what smith is saying it's it's so incredible when people that have like actual physical skills and talent make a thing manifest, you know, in a way that writers just don't, you know, I could never design a set or do lighting or do blocking or anything like that. So like if you, if people, if that ever happens for you as a screenwriter, it really is just like this amazing 
magical performance, even if like it's not your vision, it sort of doesn't matter. And I think that that is like a really being able to humbling, I think is the right word that it's like, you're able to sort of through all of that, through the giving of notes, the taking of bad, like getting bad notes, getting good notes, getting good notes that won't work, you know, all that stuff, it makes you, I think that it really makes people better writers, better, better screenwriters for sure. But I think it also is a really valuable, provides a lot of really valuable lessons for fiction writers. And, you know, I mean, if like I can say one thing to kind of answer more directly your question, which I think was about like the differences in those styles and how they interact with one another, like in terms of genres, screenplays teach you absolutely the imperative of action and visual, physical activity to convey character, to convey desire, to convey motivation, to convey conflict. And that I do like modernist fiction. You know, I like interiority when it's, you know, great. But a lot of writers probably shouldn't should be more screenwriterly, in my opinion, and be looking for ways that, that they can bring life to their stories through undeniable physical activity. <laughs> it tells you very clearly. And I think that's one of the things you learn because you're, it's a shared document that you're trying to show to people to go and make. And they need to be really clear about what's going on because they can't, they don't know who the character is internally, you know? Even those yeah. like very simple lessons like, what does the person want in the scene? What do the characters want in the scene? Like that kind of pressure can make a piece of fiction much, much stronger if you just think about it in a real, like the kind of things that people think about real clearly and obviously in drama that you sometimes don't necessarily, that's not necessarily your focus when you're thinking about a scene in a, in a novel. Love that. My last question, I would love to hear from both of your perspectives. If you could choose one learning or insight from your career, to pass along to those writers who are listening, what would you choose? What would you say? Oh, crap. You go, John Mark. Here's your seat. <laughs> I mean, I would just say, like, I'm not terribly young. I mean, I'm not terribly old either, but I'm not <laughs> terribly young anymore. And I really do. This is a cliche, but it's like, you just got to keep at it. If you want to, you need to keep at it. Because, you know, even if you don't make it by 30, even if you don't make it by 40, you know, you can maybe be able to make something someday that people read or watch or or whatever and like if you get depressed about it and stop then that may be the right choice for you but it's definitely not if you stop you're not gonna you know ever get anything on the screen or on the page and so i do think that there's something to be said for just like getting up every day and if you can if you have the mental capacity you know if you're able to write write words every day, then I think like continuing to do that is something that can possibly lead to, you know, can lead to a book or lead to a screenplay or lead to a movie. It won't necessarily. I mean, who knows? But the only way, it's the only way that you can possibly get something done is by, you know, chipping away at it every single day. I know a lot of, you know, our friends, we have a lot of, you know, old friends who were in these programs or want to be writers and did write and continue to write sometimes and and the big difference and i met really brilliant people and big difference between the people who are doing it and people who aren't is the people who are doing it are doing it and they just keep doing it they're not better at it there's so few people that are just so much more talented than everybody else that it's easy you know i think it's like when i'm playing i like to play poker and there's 
that phrase, like, um, you know, go on tilt, like if you lose a hand, which means like you're stuck on the last hand, right? You're sitting there going like, oh shit, I, I folded and I shouldn't have, or I shouldn't have been in that hand. And I think that happens to a lot of artists. You get on tilt because you pinned a lot of your hopes on this thing becoming a thing, this thing getting published, your career getting accepted into programs or getting hired to write a thing or whatever it is, you know? And it's kind of like you work so hard at it and you try so hard and then it doesn't, it just doesn't go. Of course, you're going to want to just, you know, throw in the towel. But like the thing is, is like, it's just chances. You have chances every, every day, you know? There's always another crack at it. So, you know, just kind of expanding on what John Mark's saying. I think, I think you always have a, another shot. Love that. Before we go, make them cry. It's on sale September 22nd. If you're listening, please check it out. If you care to do so, please buy it. It would definitely help everyone out. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Did you want to plug anything before you go? Your social media, websites, Twitter, things of that no. nature. No, thanks for having us. I'll link this on my website, smith-henderson.com. Really appreciate it. This is a really cool podcast. Really good. Been a pleasure, and we really appreciate your insights and your time, and good luck with it. We're excited, and keep us posted on everything. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. It was an honor. Thanks again, and thanks to our listeners. We hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Writer Experience. If you enjoyed the episode today, please leave a rating, a review, and a comment on iTunes. You can also check us out on Instagram at Writer Experience and Twitter and Facebook at Writer EXP. The Writer Experience is a Samurai Dinosaur production. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod.